night, everyone. Welcome to Under Two Capes. In light of the fact that today is the 4th of July of this recording, I am going to cover Captain America, the leader of the Avengers, and you can think of him as America's superhero. So, let's get started. Captain America first appeared in 1941. And you think about it, we were right in the middle of World War II, so what that... uh, allowed our soldiers to have is sort of a sense of they, they, so they had a symbol to rally around that kind of improved morale around the troops. It's probably why Marvel decided to come out with a Captain America-like superhero. Now, where does he relate in the Marvel Trinity that I have indicated that is Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor? He's kind of the Superman of the Marvel Universe to an extent because they both have that's that singular sense of like drive and patriotism and loyalty that are so central to their characters. Now, when it comes, and plus they're both natural born leaders. I mean, there's, as far as I know, there's barely been an iteration of the Avengers where Captain America was not the team leader at some point. All right, so let's get started with some facts about Captain America. For one thing, I mentioned before, his, his birthday is the 4th of July. So there you go. That's super sweet. So when he got his... So let me do a little more of his origin, actually. He was a guy that wanted to join the military, but he had, like, so many health problems, which we'll get to in our facts. But um, so he wanted to serve, but they kept rejecting him. So... He was recruited into this program that was intended to create a super soldier to win World War II. So when he was injected with the serum, if you've seen the Captain America, the first Avenger, you know what I'm talking about. He, he, first off, he got all jacked. And then, according to fact number nine, that serum also enhanced his personality traits. So it's kind of like where where like the Red Skull was injected with a type of super soldier serum and it kind of made him more evil. It's like Bruce Banner. It kind of made his anger worse. Now next, we are going to talk about... Okay, so what's the next fact? So apparently that the Captain America identity has been held by 12 other people. Well, and right now in terms of the comics, we know of two, which are... Um, which are Steve Wilson, yes, um, Sam Wilson, sorry about that, the Falcon, and uh, Steve's friend, um, James Buchanan Barnes, uh, otherwise known as the Winter Soldier, who took over for Captain America after he was killed by, uh, I think it was uh, a, a, when he was killed at the end of Civil War. And when we get to Civil War, we'll talk about that. Next, so let's see, what else do we have here? Let me see if that works. He can run a mile in one minute. That goes into his enhanced, enhanced physical traits. And you see him in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where he and Sam Wilson are, are racing. And it's like uh, Captain America keeps passing him when he goes on your left, on your left, on your left. Next. Oh, interesting. I didn't know this. He wasn't actually a member of the original Avengers because the original ones apparently were... Uh, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Hulk, Thor, and the Wasp. It wasn't until much later that that that, that he have that they found him in the in the ice. Which actually, you can see that in the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon show because uh, they form the Avengers and then they find Captain America. I think that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. 
So I, I mentioned this before. Before he got, he got the serum, he was always sick because he had all these little little, little uh, maladies, like he had asthma, high blood pressure, and anxiety too. Um, he he was cured all this because of the whole uh, super soldier serum. But what it also did is it slowed down his aging like significantly, and also what it does is. He can't get drunk because it like supercharges his his um uh, metabolism. Next, apparently he was a werewolf at one point. Um, let me see this. Yeah, man and wolf, Captain America's friend and personal pilot, go, go missing. He he injects himself with a werewolf serum. What will Marvel think of next? So also, what's interesting is that he can master any weapon in just seconds. Which is kind of like it. It's probably has something to do with his enhanced brain. Next, all right. So, I mentioned the Iron Man episode where he stood on the. Actually, no. I'm I'm gonna go off of that. But for right now, so let's see what else we got here. So actually, if you hear a lot of explosions, that's just the Fourth of July celebration. So. Captain America sure has seen a lot of interesting stories in his time from like from Civil War. I mentioned Civil War, which was one of my favorite stories ever. Uh, let's see what else. Then you have Civil War Two, which I mentioned that, which wasn't really Captain America per se. It was Captain. It was a Captain Marvel story, but not really Captain America. Then you had, let's see what else. Oh yeah, you you also have Who Could Forget Secret Empire, which was when. He was revealed to be a Hydra agent. I'm going to talk about that later on this episode. Actually, what's kind of interesting is that here, here's another fact about Captain America. The per- so Chris Evans, who played him in the MCU up until Endgame, he actually at first refused to play. He refused to play the role three times before finally agreeing. That's interesting. Uh, he, I've known this. He he uses multiple shields because if you notice. When he was first introduced, he didn't have the circular shield. He had one that's kind of like, kind of like a knight shield. And then, uh, if you notice in the Captain America, Steve Rogers Captain America, which recently was the one that became a Hydra agent, he goes back to that classic form of a shield, which is kind of like a V, kind of like a heart-like shape. Apparently, before um, he he was a superhero, Steve Rogers w- was a fine arts student who specializes in comic books. That is really, um, that's interesting there. <laughs> let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, and the, uh, so let's talk about that. Actually, let's, let's talk about Civil War, what happened to Captain America. So I already talked about where he stood on the, on the um, Superhero Registration Act, the SRA, but I'll recount it again. What basically happened was the, and the new warriors were fighting this villain called Nitro who can create small explosions. So what happened was they cornered him and he like set off like almost a nuclear style explosion and wiped out the town of Stanford. So what happened, uh, yeah, the town of Stanford. Happened is Congress passed up the, what's called the Superhero Registration Act, which would make every superhero register with the government so that they could uh, give oversight on, on the superheroes. So what happened was Captain America said, no, we're not going to do that because that goes against our freedom. And it would just... De- devastate the superhero community. Spoiler alert: He turned out to be right, but um, well, but um, so he and about half the superheroes um rebelled against the registration act, 
where he and then he came into conflict with Iron Man because of it. So at the end of Civil War, the Civil War event, he um, sort of surrendered because he saw that like he wasn't making anything better per se, and he was behaving like the villains that everyone else that he claimed to be fighting. So he turned himself over the shield. On the day of his trial, he was walking up the steps. And then, uh, so what happened was he was shot a couple of times. So he was, he was shot, he goes down, and then uh, he, he gets shot a, a couple more times close range. Because what happened was that originally it was intended to believe that the villain Bullseye assassinated Captain America. But what later turned out is this supervillain who specializes in mind control, I'm trying to remember who that was, he um, made Captain America's ex, um, Sharon, um, is it Sharon Carter? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's Sharon Carter. Walk, uh, uh, shoot him. Actually, no, no, no. Bullseye shot him in the shoulder to knock him down. And then Sharon, in the chaos, Sharon Carter walked up and, and shot him a couple of times in the stomach and that eventually killed Captain America. Now, let's see, what else? Now we're going to talk about... So that's when he died. And then you had the occasion where his friend, um, James Barnes, who uh, always known as, uh, as Bucky, took over the mantle of Captain America because the world needed a Captain America at the time. So now he kind of took over the role, which you notice, um, if you notice his costume, he actually carries around a handgun, a knife. He's kind of like a more of a, of a, a militarized version of Captain America. So, uh, oh, actually, another person who's carried the shield is actually Clint Barton, uh, the Hawkeye, because uh, he, he, because, um, let me just see. So, what happens is that he was trying to, um, so, S.H.I.E.L.D. tried to use, essentially, after Captain America was dead, S.H.I.E.L.D. tried to create their own Captain America with Steve Rogers' S.H.I.E.L.D. to round up the superheroes that weren't registered. So, so they had Clint Barton do it because he was the only one that could properly wield the S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> but what happens is that he actually let two of them go, so he, he gave the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. up and said, I'm not doing this. So then what happens that's so. When Steve Rogers came back, we actually had a period where we had two Captain Americas, which would be Steve Rogers and the Bucky Barnes, but it's actually only one shield, which is kind of interesting. Now, once his shield, uh, apparently, so, so when his shield was smashed to pieces by the villain called the Serpent, he was actually able to wield um, Thor's hammer, which would indicate that, that he's worthy to carry Steve the hammer because um, only those that are worthy can carry Thor's hammer, which I'll talk about in the episode on Thor, which should be ne uh, the next episode. Now, next, now, as a matter of fact, he, so, we're going to skip uh, Civil War Two because it wasn't, it kind of wasn't a Captain America story. It was more of an Iron Man story. That's why I covered it in the Iron Man. I'm going to go to um, Secret Empire. Now, I've mentioned before about how much I wasn't a big fan of him turning out to be a Hydra agent because I just felt like it wasn't, it kind of wasn't like, I just thought it was weird. I just thought it was weird. That was it. So what apparently happened is, so the Avenger, so Captain America was hit by something called the Cosmic Cube, which sort of rewrote his history 
to make him into a Hydra agent, where actually what it really did is it took the good Captain America that we know and replaced it with this bad Captain America and put the good one in this alternate dimension. So what happened is the bad Captain America gets all the power in the world. The government gives him all the power, the, the, the United States government, and they essentially make him the president and he has no oversight whatsoever. So he takes over. He locks all the super powerful heroes like Captain Marvel, the Guardians of the Galaxy. In other words, he gets rid of all the heroes that he could poss- that, that could possibly stand a, a chance against his, his regime. And then what happened was, it, so he, he, he takes over America and, and kind of rules with an iron fist and a fascist-style regime. So next, what happens is the superheroes start organizing a resistance against him. Which, and by superheroes, I mean like all the young Avengers, like characters like uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Hannibal Cho, Hulk. Is it Hannibal Cho? Oh, no, it's Amadeus Cho. Yeah, Hannibal Cho is the guy from Pacific Rim. But anyway, <laughs> so you have Captain America. So my, here's my issue with, with uh, Civil War. Um, not Civil War, sorry. With Secret Empire. Now, I understand why they made Captain America a Hydra agent. I 100% get that. Because it is, it's sort of a psychological impact to have the guy that's supposed to symbolize what it means to be a hero turn out to be a bad guy. I got that. But my issue with it is that in my mind, it was un, it was unnecessary because you could have had like, it would have been more, I think it would have been more effective if Thor became the bad guy because for one thing, he's wielding that hammer. So it, it, it would have made like it seem like, so wait a second, so now it would have hammered in that fact that even a villain can wield the hammer because if you notice, the enchantment says those who are worthy shall wield the power of Thor. It doesn't mean those who are pure of heart or those who are heroes. It just says those who are worthy. So I thought that it would have been, instead of having Captain America be the bad guy, you could have still had that same effect if you had like maybe Thor or someone else that was super like pure become the bad guy and take over. Actually, it would have been really cool if Thor took over. But anyway, so, so, so eventually what happens is the superheroes uh, break Captain America, uh, the, the good Captain America out of, uh, of this alternate dimension. And then he, he comes back he, he, and he defeats the evil Captain America and takes back the country. Which is interesting because now you have evil Cap and good Cap in the same universe. One does not disappear. So what that means is we we now have a situation where there's a bad Captain America in the world who eventually, I think, gets broken out of prison. Then you have the good Captain America that we all know and love. So we could get more good Cap versus evil Cap eventually. So now... Oh, and also, what is interesting about the Secret Empire storyline, which is why I don't hate it. Now, I mentioned multiple times in the show that I'm a hardcore, I'm more of a DC fan. That's why a lot of these Marvel shows may seem like uh, a little not as in-depth as my DC shows. It's just because I know more about DC Comics. And uh, so that, but um, 
this story, Secret Empire, is very, like, similar to the Injustice storyline from DC because you have the Superman-like character, the one that's supposed to to idealize all these virtues, sort of turn evil and become a dictator. Now, the circumstances behind Superman um, turning evil is wholly different than Captain America turning evil. Because remember, I mentioned in the Superman episode that Superman turned evil because Lois Lane was killed along with with his unborn son by his own hand. And at the same time, Metropolis was nuked because the Joker tied a, a, the, the trigger of the nuke to Lois's heartbeat. Then he gave Superman the fear toxin to make him think he was fighting Doomsday. So when Superman brought Doomsday into space, he was really bringing... Lois pregnant with her son into space and obviously that's not going to turn out so well so she dies the baby dies and the metropolis dies so then Superman goes crazy and establishes a a sort of one world regime where he rules and everyone else is like under his foot and and then you you get into that nice debate about safety versus security Uh, no no about Freedom versus security because uh, Batman represents the side of freedom in that case where Iron Man ironically represents freedom and Captain America is the one that, that represents sort of total security because at some point the quest for security will go against certain freedoms. So I find it's pretty interesting how parallels between the two stories exist. So let's talk about a little more. So So let's talk about who became Captain America, uh, who, which is the third, I would argue, mo- most famous Captain America. So we have Sam Wilson, who became Captain America. So what happened was, so let's think about this. So, so first off, I think, I, 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 believe, um, I think Sam Wilson being Captain America is one, of, is one of the most interesting concepts that they have there because it does give us a pretty cool idea for a costume where he has the red wings, which is a playoff as Timeless Falcon and, and the Captain America suit. And I believe he is going to be um, Captain America in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series, which I think is going to be pretty cool on Disney+. Plus. But anyway, so, so now, and according to the, the Marvel Encyclopedia, Sam Wilson's time as Captain America was marked by controversy, including major disagreements between him and the authorities and criticism over his socially active agenda. So apparently he was super SJW and um, he was anti-authority, which was interesting. That That's interesting. That's a new take on it. Oh, it's, it says here, Wilson became an effective Captain America... Um, also has his own take on Cap's classic costume. Yeah, you know, I, I love the, the I love the the the, the Falcon Captain America uh, costume. I think it's super cool. So now, so let's talk about let's talk about the MCU Captain America. So played by Chris Evans, he played Captain America from from the uh, I'm gonna go from the first Avenger up until Endgame. Which I believe he stepped down from being Marvel right now. So, so as I mentioned, he starts off. He really wants to serve his country because we're in the middle of World War II. And what's kind of funny is, is that you see him and he's like significantly shorter than all the other recruits going up to to serve in the military at the time. And what's interesting is 
is his motivations behind wanting to serve. He goes because people are dying over there while I'm sitting over here. Over here, it's it's really my only option. So anyway, anyway, he gets recruited, becomes a super soldier, and he is chosen above all the people that have all above all, all these people that are basically built like linebackers. In other words, guys you'd expect a Captain America like person to be. He's chosen over it because he has the heart. He has sort of the inner purity, if you will. That's why I think he's basically the Marvel version of Superman, even though you can argue that Thor is also the Marvel version of Superman. But what you also have is that... So, actually, no. So, what eventually happens is... So, he's chosen because, as I mentioned before, the super soldier serum makes even his personality traits more enhanced. So, he essentially becomes gooder, if you will. So he, he gets injected with the serum and he, he, he becomes Captain America again. And what's kind of funny is that uh, what's humorous is that when he, after he gets the serum, he doesn't automatically like go to the front lines and start being Captain America. It's actually he becomes like a propaganda tool to sell war bonds, which I think is pretty humorous because <laughs> you go through he, he goes through basic training and gets pretty much turned into a super soldier with the serum. That I'm sure it was very painful to become a superhero, only to be like a stage performer. It wasn't until his friend, until James Barnes's battalion was captured by Hydra that he, he disobeyed orders, stole a plane, and, and rescued them. And that's where you get the whole idea of now he's going into, into the front lines fighting Nazis alongside... Uh, well, um, uh, uh, fighting Hydro because I believe Hydro is actually a splinter group of the Nazis. But anyway, so he, his is so that he recruits. Um, uh, uh, he basically forms like a dream team, uh, essentially kind of like a World War II Avengers team called the Howling Commandos, and they would start doing a lot of unconventional warfare raids um, uh, against Hydra. Now, to, to for those of you that don't know what unconventional warfare basically is, is the idea that you're not directly engaging the enemy per se. What you're doing is you're doing small hit and run tactics. You're doing like behind enemy lines, like um, like missions. It's kind of so to, to give you an example, it's like they hit small factories. They don't do like full on like assaults on Hydra strongholds, and 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 um. In a time when warfare was very like direct, obviously that was really effective. And actually, what's kind of interesting is that it's good that the, that the movie showed it going on during World War II because that was the war where unconventional warfare kind of became more accepted. It was around since like the Revolutionary War, but it was more accepted during this time period. But anyway, so I'm, I'm getting to, uh, I'm going off on a tangent. But anyway, so, so Captain America becomes super effective. He starts really doing damage on Hydra. So eventually Hydra sets a trap. And so the Howling Commandos board this train. And eventually Barnes is killed on that raid. And this really weighs heavily on Captain America. He's apparently killed because we'll find out later what happens to him. But so he's killed on the raid and Captain America is super depressed and everything. He's like... Uh, so the scene where he's um, in a bombed out bar drinking, uh, drinking alcohol, this is where you find out he can't get drunk because of his, uh, his sort of enhanced system. What happens next is 
they finally raid the main Hydra base because they get the locations because in the, uh, the train raid was done to capture Hydra's little, little top scientist. So they capture the scientist. He gives them the location of the Red Skull. And, and so they stage the assault. And then what happens is the Red Skull takes off in this plane that's intended to, to basically drop these super powerful bombs all over the United States. In other words, he's going to launch a, a massive air bombing campaign on America. So Captain America gets on the sh- on the plane, de- defeats the Red Skull, and he he he's over like the, uh, I believe it's like Antarctica. It's like a lot of snow, but anyway, so he he decide he's gonna have to uh, to crash the plane into the into the snow in order to stop it from hitting um, America. So he does so, and he's frozen for seventy five years. They saw him out, and then this is where you get the idea of this is where we get to where he is in the Avengers movie, where he's basically trying to reacclimate to to the new United States that he wakes up in. Because when you think about it, he goes in there in like the 1940s. He wakes up in like the tw- in like the 2000s. It can be quite a shock, but anyway, now. Next, what we have is that, so I'm not going to go into, into depth about the Avengers because it's not really a Captain America movie, but so we'll go into the Winter Soldier. So now he's, fu- he's fully a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, just participating in these, again, sort of unconventional raids, um, to, it, taking down Hydra. Well, actually, not, not Hydra yet. To, it, it, taking, just basically doing whatever Nick Fury tells him to do. So they go onto the ship called, called the um, Lemurian Star, I think. That's really hard to pronounce. And they save a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. scientists and the Black Widow grabs some data that was stolen on the ship. So once they, they get back, they sort of come under attack by S.H.I.E.L.D. itself for, for apparent, at the time, we think it's like no reason. Uh, as it turns out, throughout this journey, they learned that Hydra ha- wasn't actually defeated in World War II. Instead, it, was, it, it sort of infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. and took it over from the inside. So th- the intelligence agency that was running everything, that established the Avengers, all that, was evil. When you think about it, I think that's one that that's why the Winter Soldier is one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time because it really hammers in the idea that uh, I mean, just because of that one reveal where it's like, oh my gosh, Shield's evil. Next, so we have so following that reveal, Captain America has to stop these super powerful flying ships called helicarriers from wiping out all threats that that it. Because what happens is that actually the data that I believe from the Lemurian star contain this algorithm that could predict if someone's going to be a threat. So, they, so Hydra wanted to use th- that data and the helicarriers to completely like essentially wipe out the Avengers, wipe out Iron Man, wipe out at the time Doctor Strange. Remember, that was before the Doctor Strange movie, so we didn't know who the hell Stephen Strange was at the time. But anyway... Once we, um, so Captain America s- succeeds, but throughout his journey, he keeps encountering this sort of assassin with a metal arm. At the time, he doesn't know who this guy is. Black w- w- Widow says he's like called the Winter Soldier. Most of the intelligence community doesn't really acknowledge his existence or know what he is. So eventually, 
as Steve comes in a confrontation with this Winter Soldier, and it's revealed that the Winter Soldier is, in fact, James Buchanan Barnes. Because apparently what happened is that when he fell off the train in World War II, he was not killed. He was just really badly wounded, and Hydra sort of not only gave him a metal arm to replace his, his human one, and sort of healed his injuries, but they also sort of um, brainwashed him to be a Hydra agent. And, and he was doing the whole, uh, all their hit m- missions and stuff throughout the entire, um, throughout the Cold War, per, per se. And we'll find that out in Captain America Civil War. But anyway, so once we get through that. So after a final confrontation with the Winter Soldier, you start to see that Bucky is starting to sort of fight against his, um, his programming. This proceeds throughout the entire movie. And then eventually, at the end of the movie, he saves Steve Rogers from being killed and sort of leaves him on the side of this, of, of this riverbank to be collected. He ends up in the hospital. Since so Steve Rogers undertakes this endeavor to find, um, to, to find the Winter Soldier and bring him back to the light. Now, now we're going to get to Captain America Civil War, the movie. Now, important thing to note is that this movie was kind of drastically different than the, than the comic book event. Now, I understand that at the time that Civil War came out, they didn't have as many as established in, in the continuity characters as the comics did. Because the comics had, like, the Squadron Supreme. They had, uh, let's see, who else? They had Giant Man. Well, at the time of the Civil War movie, they did have Ant-Man and Giant Man. But, um, but, but the point is that they had less heroes available to, to bring in. So it, was, it, it made sense that it was more small scale, but also it was like the story was drastically different. What, like in this one, what happens is that the Avengers participate in this mission, and the mission goes horribly wrong and people die. So the UN establishes what are called the Sokovia Accords. And remember, this is after... After um, Avengers 2, where they're fighting Sokovia. And what's interesting is that when they're showing the justification for the Sokovia Accords, they're showing these battles that the Avengers have taken place, that have fought in. Like, they show the Battle of New York from Avengers 1, the Battle of Sokovia from Avengers 2, and the Washington, D.C. battle from Civil War. And what this is showing is that it shows um, how the Avengers' efforts, if you will, led to, like, it shows how these battles were had civilian casualties, if you will, and apparently the, the UN just doesn't want that. So what happens is they pass what are called the Sokovia Accords, which are basically the Superhero Registration Act, which would put oversight on the Avengers and make them sort of sub, sort of um, subservient to the United Nations instead of, instead of the United States government as it was in the Civil War comic event. So what happens in this movie is that, again, super, the Avengers team is split down the middle. And uh, the same argument exists between Captain America and Iron Man in that Iron Man argues that we need to be put in check or we're no better than the bad guys. Captain America says, well, what happens if, the, if they want us to go somewhere where we really shouldn't be? Like, whatever happens, if they, like, for instance... The thing we're saying is that what happens if they want us to like stage a coup in like Aleppo, if you will, and we really shouldn't be doing that. There you go. So he says the, the safest hands are still our own. So so obviously they have sort they did 
that's the part that's really comically accurate in that th- their motivations are the same. And the whole idea of them registering with the government. But anyway, so at the signing of the Accords, there's a bombing which kills the leader of, uh, of Wakanda, King T'Challa. And, and this, also, this movie is also where we get the introduction of Black Panther, by the way. So anyway, what happens next is, so the bombing is apparently, the blaming for the bombing is placed on, on uh, the Winter Soldier who reemerges in this movie. But uh, what, what's interesting is that th- then you have this other guy named Zemo and he seems to be s- sort of orchestrating this entire scenario. Like he has this sort of, I, I think it's, uh, he's wearing a mask of the Winter Soldier, but he's the one that actually bombed the UN. So in other words, it was Zemo, not the Winter Soldier. It was just Zemo disguised as the Winter Soldier. Next, what, what you get is the idea that, that, um, so Iron Man is doing his own, uh, actually what, what, what we get next is that they eventually capture Captain America, they capture Falcon, they capture the Winter Soldier. Uh, by they, I mean uh, Iron Man and his little Avenger team. And then, so the, the Winter Soldier escapes and Zemo escapes. And, and, and well, well, let me put it this way. Everyone that was captured escapes because they always escape. But um, so th- this is where you get the idea where now the teams are starting to form. Where you have... On one side, you have Iron Man, Black Widow at first, Spider-Man, who's also was introduced in this one. You have the, the Vision. Thor and the Hulk are out of the, of the picture right now because of a, um, Thor Ragnarok. Let's see, who else? Oh, yeah, you have War Machine. And then you have Black Panther. I mean, Iron Man has got a pretty solid lineup, if I, if I may say so. It's just Captain America has him. Let me see, Scarlet Witch. Uh, let me see. Sam Wilson, uh, I already said the Winter Soldier. You have Ant Man, and you have um, you also have Hawkeye. Really, when you think about it, Captain America re- really has the better lineup because you have the Assassin, you have the Marksman, you have um, the Scarlet Witch, who probably is one of the strongest Avengers ever. Because w- when you get to Infinity War, she's holding off Thanos while um, with one arm. While destroying a an Affinity Stone with the other, so it's like she's that powerful. Next, what you have is so eventually they meet in a um, in an airport and duke it out. That's where you get that awesome airport fight. That was like one of the most amazing fight scenes ever in ever in an Avengers game. So what we have is, is so eventually. They decide, hey, we got to get out of here because this guy is going to because Zemo is going to awaken the other Winter Soldiers, and when he does, he's going to be able to like wipe out countries because what these Winter Soldiers do is because James Barnes is not the only Winter Soldier. What's revealed is that it was a program developed by Hydra, and what these Winter Soldiers are designed to do is to is to sort of infiltrate countries, blend in, and sort of take them down for, uh, it, it take down entire states from within. So it's kind of like they're, they're kind of like, let's see, think about it this way. They're like insurgents in that they infiltrate the, infiltrate the country and then do a, a bunch of unconventional warfare in the country to destabilize and take down the government and such. So obviously that would not be a good idea if this, if this guy Zemo unleashed all the Winter Soldiers. 
so that's why um, the, the Avengers decide, hey, we got to get out of here and go fight this guy. So what happens is the rest uh, – so Captain America's team creates a lot like a distraction so, so Steve Rogers and Barnes can escape. So they escape and everyone else is captured by Tony's team and S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and thrown in, the, in this prison that's like in the middle of the ocean. I guess that works because like you're not really going to escape. So anyway – this is where you get the idea where Iron Man starts to look into the bombing and, and conduct an investigation. Then he thinks, oh, wait a second. Captain America's right. So he takes off and goes in, and helps Captain America eventually. And what's revealed, what Zemo does is that he always intended for the Winter Soldier, Captain America, and Iron Man to be in this one room. Because what he shows them is that the Winter Soldier is responsible for killing um, Tony's parents. Now, obviously, what that does is it really pisses off Iron Man, and he lashes out and starts um, attacking the Winter Soldier and Captain America. Eventually, the fight ends in a standstill, and that actually Captain America wins. Like he he um, basically tears off Tony's helmet and uses his shield to stab into into Tony's power source, into the armor's power source, which completely shuts down the armor. So he completely like takes out. He completely um, t- it takes out Iron Man without killing him, which is good. Then he leaves behind the shield because, as I mentioned in the Iron Man episode, that's the one where, where, Captain Amer- uh, where Iron Man is like, um, my dad ma- made that shield and you don't deserve it. And he-, he means because you're defending his killer. So then Captain America just drops the shield and leaves. So what happens next is they escape and they go to Wakanda where the Winter Soldier is put on ice because they don't know if he still has any like Hydra like mind control um, brainwashed in his his mind. So they decide we're just going to put him on ice for right now until we figure out a way to get this Hydra stuff out of his head. So he's hiding in Wakanda with the Black Panther who eventually realizes, hey, the Winter Soldier is not the guy that killed my father. So anyway, that ends. And so we get the idea. So, so now we're going into, into the, the events of Infinity War. And you see, one of the best reveals they ever had for that is, is Captain America with a beard. Because I think he had a really nice beard. He had longer hair. And he had a really cool like operator style beard, which I think was pretty sweet. But uh, and if you see his, his armor, um, his, his little suit, it's all damaged and kind of... Uh, it's, 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 and, and it's kind of... All right, it's damaged. It's basically damaged. So what you ha- what's interesting too, what I forgot to mention, is that during Civil War, Black Widow actually switched sides. She went over to Captain America's side because Tony Stark was... A, because she... They don't really get into in-depth in the movie about why she switched sides. I think it's because she trusts Captain America and eventually saw that, hey... This is not lining up that right. So what happens is that so she, Captain America, and Sam Wilson and Scarlet Witch go on the run, and eventually they're, they're forced to reemerge because Thanos has sent his kids to Earth to gather up the, the Infinity Stones, which eventually they do. Kind of, they get like I, I think they get one. Do they get one? No, the, the, the kids themselves don't get get the stone because they show up because they're after Vision because Vision, who's a cyborg, who's a robot, a sort of AI construct, 
his power source is is the uh, the mind stone. It's that sort of yellow stone that's in his head that allows him like shoot lasers and stuff. So, so that's where they went after Vision. That's where Captain America emerges and saves everyone. He comes back, and, that, and then now you have uh, he, so he comes back to the Avengers compound in New York, and then this is where you have the idea that that even the uh, even War Machine. Um, even War Machine James Rhodes um, joins Captain America's team because he's like, you know what? This whole little registration act is not worth it and it doesn't really, and it's not really helpful because now the Avengers are divided. Earth's, this is kind of fun. This is the interesting part. What Civil War did, when you think about it, is it enabled the events of Infinity War to happen because when you think about it, had the Avengers been united instead of d- divided as they were, they could have ha- mounted a more effective resistance against Thanos and his little and his Black Order guys. Instead, you have what happened in Infinity War, where half the team is is on the run and half the team is like out of commission, and their big guns are not even in not even on Earth at the, for like a significant portion of the movie. Like, yeah, Hulk's on Earth because he gets sent away in the beginning of the movie, but Thor is still in space. So I find that's, uh, that's kind of interesting when you look at the progression of, the, of these movies. So, the, so, so what you have is that Captain America and his team go to Wakanda because they figure they're, because they're so technologically advanced, they can take the Mind Stone out of Vision without killing him. Because the whole idea is, as long as we can take, as long as we can keep one stone out of Thanos' hands, he can't snap his fingers and wipe out half the Earth. He just can't do it. He'll be super powerful if he gets all of them but one, still. But he won't be able to, um, to basically take, he won't be able to, to have his plan of because the, the way it works is that when Thanos gets all the stones, he snaps his fingers and half of all of all life forms in the universe are destroyed. So obviously they want to avoid that. It eventually happens. Spoiler alert! But so, but what's kind of interesting is that again, this is where we get into the idea of like the, the teams being divided because you have. Because if the entire uh, well, actually, uh, let me think about this. Even if the entire Avengers team was together, if Civil War had never happened, I still don't think they would be able to stop Thanos. Because when you think about it, throughout throughout the movie, he keeps getting stone after stone after stone, and he just gets powerful and powerful and powerful to the point where, at the end of the movie, when he gets the t- the Mind Stone from Vision, when he gets all the stones, uh, well, actually. Um, before he gets the Mind Stone from Vision, he's going up against Captain America. He's going up against Bruce Banner in the Hulkbuster suit. So basically Hulk. He's going up against Black Widow. He's going up, up, up against Black Panther. He's going up against um, Scarlet Witch. He's going up against all the heavy hit- He's going up against Thor. He's going up against all the really heavy hitters of the Avengers. And still, he is just swatting them aside. Swatting them aside. He is just getting right... He's like c- cutting a path right toward Vision. And obviously, eventually, when he gets the stone, he, he puts it in there. What's interesting is that Thor manages to mortal to to um, severely injure Thanos, but 
The problem is Thanos is still able to snap his fingers because Thor did not kill him. He just stabbed him in the chest with, the, with his little axe. Even Thanos is like, you should have gone for the head. And he snaps his fingers and half the half of creation is destroyed. So that's where the movie ends. Then we get into Endgame, which was the best Marvel movie of all time. I'm just going to put that in there. So now you have Captain America. He unfortunately, in, in the part that angered me the most about the movie, he shaves off his beard. First thing he does, he shaves off his beard. I'm like, come on, man. You looked amazing with that beard. And it was kind of funny. If you look at all the fandom on like Instagram, even they were, were disappointed. We're like, come on, keep the Captain America beard. You can, you can put the helmet over the beard. But um, so, so what happens is uh, this move. So the Avengers reunite, like all the Avengers reunite. And they launch a plan to, to get, get the gauntlet from Thanos and then snap again and, uh, and undo everything. But they find out that, so Thanos had used the stones a second time to destroy the stones. So in other words, it can't be undone. So the movie time skips five years and Captain America is like running this little support group, this little group therapy group for people who have lost people, who have lost loved ones due to like the the infinity snap thing. What this leads to is, is, uh, well, uh, not what this leads to. So eventually what happens is that Ant-Man escapes from what's called the, the the quantum zone because at the end of Ant-Man 2 he gets sent into the quantum realm because what, what, what he was trying to do is collect energy and then at the same time as he's going into the zone the the Thanos snap from Infinity War is happening so all the people that sent him in there are are, are, are dusted so he's stuck there but when he comes to the idea so he comes out five years later and to him it's only five hours so in other words he, he thinks he was only in there for five hours, but it was really five years. So he comes up with this idea. He goes, wait a second. We can use the quantum realm to time travel and undo all of this. So he, uh, uh, he brings this knowledge to Captain America, and Captain America brings together the Avengers. And they figure out, hey, let's go back in time to where all the stones were at, at, at different points in time, and then grab them, make our own gauntlet, and snap our fingers and bring everyone back. That's eventually the plan they come with. They come up with, and they ma- manage to get all the stones back. Uh, again, I'm not going to recount every event of the movie because um, that would take too long. <laughs> it's a three-hour movie, and plus, um, I'm going to do an episode on the MCU and all, and that movie particularly. But then, what you so it's so they get the gauntlet back, and then what you have is is. Thanos from the past comes back, comes through the, the quantum realm, and he, he basically blows up the Avengers compound. So this is where you have Thor. So you have the Marvel Trinity versus Thanos to have this really awesome battle. So Thanos knocks out Iron Man and takes out Thor. And by the way, Thor had brought back with him from the past his hammer. So he has Mjolnir, and then he has his axe. So he's he's dual wielding. He's fighting with both. So then both of his weapons are knocked out of his hands. Thanos is about to kill him with the axe. Then you see Captain America wielding Thor's hammer. And let me tell you, if there's ever one moment of this movie, besides the moment that's going to come up, that is like super like that the crowd in the movie theater like exploded in, it was that one. 
and you see him, he's, he's like shooting thunder at Thanos. It's like super cool. So then, but eventually it's still too much for Captain America and his shield even gets shattered. So then what you have is that it looks like he's about to be destroyed. It looks like, and Captain America just walking up toward Thanos' army. It's like he's going to stand to the very end. Then all of a sudden he starts hearing, hey, 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 Cap, can you hear me? In his calm, he's like, Cap, it's Sam, can you hear me? As a member, so so it's like for for, for the Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone except Rocket and Nebula were, were destroyed by the Thanos snap. Sam Wilson was killed. Black Panther was killed. Spider Man was killed. The Winter Soldier was killed. But basically, again, half the Avengers was killed. So so it's interesting because Captain America then stops. He's like, "Did I hear that right?" And then he turns around and Sam's like. On your left, which is a reference to Winter Soldier. Then this portal opens, and Black Panther and his and his people come through the portal, and then, and then Sam flies through. And you see all these different portals open. Like everyone that had been killed shows up, and it's like it's like essentially a Lord of the Rings style battle, and it was like one of those. This is the moment where everyone was like, "Oh my god!" If there's ever a moment that shows you. How far the MCU came, it was this moment. Because when you think about it, every single character, every single superhero and warrior from the MCU is in this battle. Everyone. Even minor characters. They're in this battle right now, fighting side by side, and it's one of the most epic things ever. So eventually what you get um, is um, in the Captain America... For the battle cry, he finally says, Avengers assemble, as he's wielding Captain America's hammer. And it was like, oh my gosh, I have lived. I have lived now because I have heard, because what's kind of funny is in Avengers 2, they start off, the, 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 the last line is he, is he goes, Avengers, and then right before he says assemble, it fades, it fades to credits. So everyone's like, oh, come on. But it's like when he says Avengers assemble, it was like, oh my gosh. And then they charge in. Captain America's using Thor's hammer. It's kind of funny. There was a scene where he's fighting alongside Thor with the axe. And then so they they throw their weapons. They call them back, except it's reverse. And that Captain America gets the axe and Thor gets the hammer. And then Thor goes, no, 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 no. Give me that. You have the little one. And they just swap weapons. And then... uh, So what you have next is that... So eventually, obviously, I told you, Tony Stark dies... At the end of it, he snaps his fingers and wipes out all of Th- all of Th- um, Thanos' army. He basically wished that Thanos never existed. And uh, so what happens is next... Oh, yeah. So they have the funeral for Tony Stark, which was super emotional. And then so Captain America t- takes the job of going back through time to, to put the stones back where they were. That way it doesn't form like these alternate... That way it doesn't damage the time stream. So he goes back uh, through the machine, but he doesn't come back. I mean, he, he goes through, through, through the time, time machine, and they had plans. Okay, so you're going to come back in like five seconds. Okay. He goes down, but he doesn't come back. And you're like, what? And, and they see an old man um, <laughs> um, by the lake just hanging out. Then it turns out that's Captain America because what happened is that he went back in time because he figured, hey, I can live with Peggy Carter, my girlfriend from Avengers 1. I can have that life and just hang out and just, and just essentially have, have that life, as he says, that Tony was always telling him to get. 
So he comes back, and that's where he gives the shield to Sam. He says, hey, listen, man. Actually, what happens is that's super emotional because he takes out the shield, and he goes, hey, try it on. And Sam looks at him like, what? Did he just ask me that? So he takes on the shield, and then he essentially says, so Captain America says, okay, so how does it fit? And then he goes, well, it feels like it's someone else's. And then Captain America goes, well, it isn't. So essentially, that's Captain America passing up the mantle. And I think what's kind of interesting is that even though it's out of order than the way it occurred in the comics, in that it's Sam Wilson getting the shield immediately and not Bucky Barnes, I like this way better because what it does is, because throughout Captain America's MCU timeline, if you will, Sam Wilson is kind of like been his best friend, his, his, his largest confidant, his, his ally. It's always Captain America and Falcon. That's why immediately, again, Falcon sided with Captain America during Civil War. He went on the run with Captain America. He even came, because what happened is that Sam Wilson was a, an Air Force pararescue jumper um, with the Falcon, the Falcon suit, because the suit itself was a military prototype. And he came out of retirement just to fight alongside Captain America. So when you think about it, he's been that best friend, that ally, that brother in arms of Captain America. So it makes sense that that right now he would give it to Sam Wilson. Because also when you think about it, Bucky Barnes is too much baggage from being an assassin for so long. So eventually what would – so you have – so now you have the new Captain America. And I'm excited to see what the Winter what what Falcon Winter Soldier does because I want to see the live action version of that suit because I feel like the, the live action version of the Sam Wilson Captain America suit would be amazing. All right, so that's it. So that's Captain America. So just want to g- give you guys a quick update on what we're going to do with the podcast. I, I, we came to a, a couple of decisions. So at some point, I will be bringing on a, uh, one of my friends to co-host. And we're going to do the episode on Thor. Now, what we might do is do an episode on Thor. And then after we do Thor, we might do one where uh, myself and my podcast hosts sit down and like talk about Marvel versus DC, which ones we like. We're actually going to do – actually, what we might do is do an episode where we take the Avengers and the, and the Justice League – and we say, okay, so form your own version of the Avengers and the Justice League, but you can't have any of the original members of either team on, the, uh, on your dream team. Like, you can't have Superman on, on the Justice League, Wonder Woman. You can't have Captain America and Thor and Iron Man. You can't have any of the original members. So in other words, I can't have on the Avengers, I can't have Captain America, um, a Black Widow. You can't have Thor. In, in other words, you have to take... Other characters from the uh, from the Marvel universe and the DC universe, and create your own versions of the Justice League and the Avengers. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do for our next episode. I think uh, for episode after Thor, I think that'll be really fun. And then we'll start doing a lot more on like on um, storylines. We're going to start doing storylines, and then we'll then we'll, we'll intersperse some characters. But by the way, this podcast re- probably will become a little more DC heavy, just because we know more about DC. It'll still it'll still do Marvel content one hundred percent because we like Marvel the same as we like DC. But um, we're going to do more DC. Because, uh, once again, I mentioned about how I, I, I prefer D- DC more. So we're going to take, take care of that. And then um, and, and that'll be the way it's going to be. All right. 
hope you guys have a great July 4th and uh, see you guys later. See you guys next week. Have a great one.